Something I said in the latest episode needs to be explained, softened or restated. I'd made the observation that many of us concerned about the climate crisis attribute the blame to capitalism. The economic structure we live under, commonly known as capitalism, seems to be at the root of the trouble. It is worsening the climate crisis. No matter what we do, we just seem to go deeper and deeper into the trouble. Well, that in a sense is not quite correct, but it is correct. It's a really complex answer. The trouble is not capitalism per se. Rather, how you go about applying what it is, how you put it to use. And so, to reach some sort of useful conclusion, I've turned to a University of Melbourne writer, academic and author who has a PhD in political philosophy and teaches at the Centre for Advancing Journalism at the University of Melbourne, Tim Dunlop. Tim Dunlop writes a blog, The Future of Everything. Before we dip into what Tim says, let me invite you to this latest episode of Climate Conversations. Yes, I am your host, Robert McLean. This podcast is assembled here in Shepparton in northern Victoria, Australia, on the lands of the Yorta Yorta people. Yes, the stolen lands of the Yorta Yorta people. And I pay my respects to their elders, past, present and emerging. And so Tim has published his latest thought piece on the future of everything just today. And today is Saturday, February 25. The latest piece is headed, How the Reserve Bank is Undermining Democracy, Neoliberalism's Teachable Moment. Tim says... In all the discussions about the problems of neoliberalism, it can be difficult to know what the issue actually is. Let me try. And Tim continues. Many deny that there is even such a thing as neoliberalism. That has become a meaningless term of art used to loosely describe anything we don't like. On the other hand, the triumph of neoliberal thinking has been so complete, so total, that most of the stuff it puts into place has just become accepted especially within the self-interested political class, as common sense as completely normalised. You can easily see how both positions are, are sides of a coin, serving the interests of those who don't want us to think about the matter too closely. So let's step past such distractions. We are currently living through a moment that perfectly illustrates the problem at the core of neoliberalism itself that it takes control away from democratic institutions and subsumes the need of society more generally with an ethos that delivers for an elite. Next we have the final part of a three-part series by David Spratt entitled Faster, Higher, Hotter. What we learned about the climate system in 2022. David said this post looks at cascading risks, climate extremes and necessary actions. It's recommended reading, and you'll find a link for that in the show notes. And next, we go to a story from EcoWatch. It has the headline, Australia to triple size the Macquarie Island Protection Zone to shield remote wildlife wonderland in Southern Ocean. The story begins. Australia's Albanese Labor government has announced its plans to triple the size of the Macquarie Island Marine Park to protect millions of seals, seabirds and penguins in the Southern Ocean, a press release from Australia's Minister for the Environment and Water, Tanya Plibersek, said. The expansion of the marine park would protect the entire exclusive economic zone surrounding the island and expand Australia's marine parks to 48.2% of its oceans. 
The proposal includes a new high protection zone larger than the area of Germany, an important contribution to our commitment to protect 30% of our land and 30% of our oceans by 2030, Plumasek said in a press release, Macquarie Island Marine Park as a remote wildlife wonderland. Personally, I feel that Tanja Plumasek talks out of both sides of her mouth. Here she is endorsing and announcing a huge increase in a marine park. And yet, just days earlier, she'd announced that she'd given permission for the opening of a new gas outlet. Now, we are still with EcoWatch, and we have a story by Olivia Roseanne. And the story has the headline, Despite all company ties, COP28 President-designate vows to uphold 1.5 degrees Celsius temperature goal. Dr. Sultan Al-Jabur, the controversial COP28 president-designate, has said the Paris Agreement's goal of limiting global warming to 1.5 degrees Celsius above pre-industrial levels is non-negotiable. His remarks came as he spoke on Wednesday at the World Sustainable Development Summit in New Delhi on Wednesday, as the National reported. It is also clear that business as usual won't get us there, he said, further, as the Hindustan Times reported. We need a paradigm shift in our approach to mitigation, adaptation, finance and loss and damage. And now we have a story from the Los Angeles Times. The headline for the story is, He Baked. Heat waves are killing more LA homeless people who can't escape broiling sun. The story begins, about a week before her son died, Hitty Locatell begged him not to go back to living on the streets. Luke, 30, had been homeless on and off since around 2015 and struggled with addiction to meth. He'd been residing in a sober living facility for nearly eight months but returned to being unhoused on August 31 and relapsed. He liked the freedom of nobody telling him what to do, Locatell said. As the sun hit the streets, Southern California experienced one of the most grueling and intense heat waves of the year. Triple-digit temperatures bore down on the region for days during Labor Day weekend. The city opened nine cooling centres and added two more people, but few people used them. On September 7, a driver found Luke passed out on the sidewalk, according to a Los Angeles coroner's report obtained through public records request. By the time he was taken to Sherman Oaks Hospital, his temperature was 108 degrees. He died two days later. And from Yale Climate Connections, we have a book review. Greta Thunberg tells it like it is in the climate book. The story begins. When I first heard about the climate book project being edited by Greta Thunberg, the Swedish Fridays for the Future climate striker, I was sceptical. Having curated Yale Climate Connections' monthly bookshelf collection since early 2015, I was acquainted with over 1,000 books and reports that address climate change in some way, including dozens of guides, handbooks, introductions and primers. Did we really need another overview on climate change? Yes, I can say after reading the climate book, yes, we do. It's the most ambitious, wide-ranging and hard-hitting collection I've ever encountered. And it's all inspired by the young woman who so publicly dared to speak truth to power at Davos and the UN on climate change. Now we have a story from Climate Home News. The headline for the story is, Corporations Push Insetting as New Offsetting, but Report Claims It Is Even Worse. The story begins. For Nestle, planting millions of trees in and around plantations supplying its coffee, 
is an ideal net zero fix. This, the Swiss giant says, not only captures carbon from the atmosphere, generating credits to be claimed against its climate targets, but also protects crops, reduces water reliance and supports workers on the very farms the company sources materials from. This practice is called insetting, a term creeping into net zero plans of a rising number of corporations. Instead of buying carbon credits from unrelated third parties, as they would in traditional offsetting schemes, through inserting, companies invest in carbon reduction or removal projects on their own land or the land of their suppliers. Now we shift to ABC News, where we have a story by Andy Yu. The headline of that story is, Traffic pollution could be far more dangerous than previously thought, researchers say. The story begins. Traffic pollution likely causes more than 11,000 premature deaths in Australia a year. New modelling by climate researchers has revealed. The grave estimate from the study means that death from air pollution in Australia is 10 times more likely than a fatal road accident. With these high levels of mortality and morbidity impacts, we look to our leaders to make the decisions required to reduce the social, economic and human costs of vehicle emissions, co-lead researcher from the University of Melbourne, Claire Walter said. The study conducted by Melbourne Climate Futures used a peer-reviewed New Zealand study of particulate matter, or PM2.5, and nitrogen dioxide levels to assess the risk for Australia. The New Zealand study estimated that country's traffic pollution death toll at 3,300 premature deaths per year. Now we have a story from NPR, and it's a book review. The headline for the story is, The Great Displacement Looks at Communities Forever Altered by Climate Change. The story begins, The climate crisis doesn't care if your state is red or blue, President Joe Biden said in his State of the Union address earlier this month. It is an existential threat. We have an obligation to our children and our grandchildren to confront it. Scientists have been saying the same for decades, although that hasn't stopped the issue of climate change from becoming a political football, with self-styled sceptics waving away the data that show rising temperatures and sea levels, melting glaciers and increasingly severe droughts. Climate change is reshaping the US in another way, as journalist Jake Biddle explains in his new book, the Great Displacement. Each passing year brings disasters that disfigure new parts of the United States, and these disasters alter the course of human lives, pushing people from one place to another, destroying old communities and forcing new ones to emerge. Let's shift now to our final story of this episode to Inside Climate News. The story is by Bob Berwin, and the headline is Polar Vortex. How the Jet Stream and Climate Change Bring on Cold Snaps The story begins. The Jet Stream, a powerful river of wind high in the atmosphere, shapes the northern hemisphere's weather, including bitter cold snaps. Because it plays a key role in weather extremes, climate scientists are striving to understand its changing dynamics. Here's a closer look at what the Jet Stream is, what's influencing its wobbly behaviour and why it matters. Links to all those stories mentioned in this episode will be in the show notes. We've reached the end of this episode of Climate Conversations. Thanks so much for your company. It's been great to have you along. So until we talk again, please take care, stay safe, and please be kind.
for everyone you meet is fighting a great battle. And please, if you enjoyed this episode, feel free to share it with your friends. In fact, I'd love you to share it with your friends as they all need to know all they possibly can about the climate crisis. Now, please take care. <laughs>